Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello, I'm Annie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. Yes. <laughs> now this episode is sponsored, Helen. Imagine it is. that. Yes. I know. Thank you, sponsor. Who is it, Ellie? Well, yeah, some people get sponsored to run marathons or climb Kilimanjaro. We just get sponsored to talk shit on the internet. But That's right, to it? sit down and talk crap. Yes. But it's good crap, Ellie, yes. because we're talking about video games. Yes, you almost sounded sincere when you said that. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Must Play may i expect you to ask me what that is helen what is that ellie very very smooth slick slick (laughs) it's an initiative designed to celebrate the positive aspects of video games and how gaming can bring family and friends closer together i love family and closeness yeah i know you do i know you do (laughs) all right to help us do all this uh chat of course we've got a video games expert and i'm not talking about me for once helen who could know more about games than you ellie it it is of course (laughs) <laughs> she's just laughing. She's oh. laughing too hard to say her own name. She's oh already God. regretting all the Hi. decisions she made. I'm Keza McDonald. It's Keza McDonald off of the Guardian. It's me. Yes. I'm just trying to like be cool about how excited I am oh. to be here. To be honest, are you really though? No, genuinely am. Oh, that's big nice. fan. Yes. Oh, we're a big fan of you, Keza. Thank You're you. like a video game superstar and listener. Annoyingly, she's about 25. <laughs> yeah. I'm 30, you know. She's that's... 30 and she's the editor. Of the video game section of the Guardian, yes, show yeah. off. Well, this is because I ran away from home at sixteen to become a video games journalist. Which wow. you can imagine, my parents were delighted. Was the circus closed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my third option. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet they were over the moon. Yeah, they were so pleased. Like wow, you know. especially because let's you. I I know you'll be modest, but let's be honest, you're a bit of a child genius. You can speak, is it four languages you can speak? Yeah, but that's the thing is you speak to anyone from Europe and that's like, fine, yeah, no worries, four languages. Aren't Everyone we in can Europe anymore? <laughs> <laughs> but because we're here, it's like super impressive as a fact. So yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. That and was good. Bitch, one of them's Japanese. <laughs> For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. It's not even French. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not. 
not even the same typewriter or whatever, whatever wow. alphabet. That's the word, isn't that's it? That's it. Hi, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so glad you're listening. Um, yeah. So, so you speak lots of languages. At 16, you left home to basically to follow your dreams. Yes. You, you were a determined young woman at that I, age. I, I think uh, headstrong would probably be the most polite way. Yeah. Of of phrasing that, I was a horrible teenager. Actually. Excellent. So yeah. So now you're all grown up, sort of. Uh, <laughs> tell us about your family. Uh, I am a mother of soon to be two and I have a stepson as well he's a teen so I have a toddler and a teen which is an awesome combination and they're both <laughs> lads both lads yes and I got another one on the way pretty soon another lad we don't know if we the don't know a lad no or... I, d- I did the whole like old fashioned not finding out thing last time yeah and so I'm going to do it again this time so I have known you since you were about 16 yeah when I... your glasses were held together with sticky tape <laughs> I knew you were oh, going to mention that I didn't I have know, any money like, Ellie I didn't have so any money sweet. you didn't have any money it was no. very sweet um, <laughs> I think you actually offered at one point to pay for my new glasses <laughs> that does sound like the sort yeah. of thing I would do I'm a great uh, humanitarian it was yeah it was very kind of you but <laughs> the humiliation was a bit was too was your Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, Luke. Oh. And then we obviously became friends, and then I knew you sort of in your 20s, and we used to go to Japan and stuff together yeah. on work trips, which was great. Raucous and now, times. I remember Keza very clearly you saying that you did not want children. Yeah, I didn't. I, what I changed. didn't want kids. Um, I think the hormones? I don't know. I think it's one of those things where when you're in your early 20s, I think many women now think, nah. I don't really want kids. And then as time goes by, you start thinking about things a little differently. Mm. And for me, it was, I found out, actually, this is just my contrary nature, but I, I got told I probably couldn't have kids when I was about 26. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of forced the issue because that then it became, oh, this isn't like some random thing that might happen in the future. Maybe it's something mm. like, if I want kids, I have to decide now because it might take years of effort. So that kind of forced the issue. But then typically I got pregnant like four months after being told that I probably couldn't. Wow. <laughs> So that, uh, yeah. In your face, science. <laughs> so I was 27 when I got pregnant, which is fairly young for... I mean, I live in very extremely middle-class Brighton. Yeah. And I was, like, by far the youngest person. At 27, so, you know, I wasn't, like, 18. Yeah. No. But I was still the youngest person in my kind of immediate mum group. Yeah, yeah. good kind of five years. Yeah, I had my first baby in Cambridge, and I was 30, and there were first-time mums who were 43. My mum was 43. Was she? Yeah, she was. And my dad was 58 when wow. I was born. Did they do a lot of partying before you were had arrived? <laughs> uh, I, I believe the tales do bear that out. Yes, they did. Yeah. Quite a lot. There, was, there, were, there were helicopters involved, so apparently. So, and yeah, your my... partner, Kristen, he's a bit older than you. Yeah, he? he's uh, he's in his he's in his mid 40s. Right. So there's a significant age gap, um, but he had so he obviously had a son with a previous partner. So when he and I met, I was 20 and he was 35, and he was exceptionally patient as I kind of did my running around the world doing whatever the hell I wanted phase. Um, but then obviously at kind of 21, 22, I sort of got involved with his son, mm-hmm. my stepson, and uh, it's quite young actually to sort of have that on your plate. He was very wise in that he kept it. He let me take things at my own pace. And he didn't kind of just kind of force me into that role any quicker than I was ready for, which was actually now in retrospect, having had kids, incredibly patient and understanding. Mm. Um, But yeah, so I've sort of, yeah, I've been parenting, I would say, properly for Mm. a good five years before I had my own kids. Mm. But how how was that? Because then, so your stepson was quite young 
obviously when you met him but you were still very young so yeah how, how do you sort of manage that relationship then the funny thing is that i'm an exact half step between them i'm 17 years older than my stepson and 15 years younger than my partner mm. so i'm like halfway in between but uh it gives you this kind of strange i think a lot of step parents feel this and that you are a parental authority figure but you're just one step removed from actual mum and dad yeah depending like my stepson doesn't live with us all the time so obviously it's it's probably you know a bit easier to stay slightly removed but it means that now he's a teen he will talk to me in a way he won't talk to his parents yeah which is really interesting oh did he slag them off <laughs> oh, maybe dad. <laughs> oh, stepmom stepmom you know how my dad's such a dick yeah okay it's useful actually uh, no let for everyone uh, no it's it's i think it's uh yeah i have a, I, you know i think i have i hope i have a good relationship with my stepson but that's kind of years of effort the thing is with uh when you're not you know when you're the step parent it's all effort like there's no natural bonding like, that yeah. does not occur whatsoever so every kind of thing that you get out of parenting is you start to understand the work that goes into it a lot more and then um you know, because when you have your, you when you have a baby or a toddler, it's just like automatic, isn't it? Like you're you're biologically you're programmed. Yeah, so yeah. like you and have they look to look a little happy. bit yeah. like you, which yeah. always helps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have that kind of automatic, like you are their mum, so they need you immediately. Whereas if you, yeah. you know, you meet you meet a child who's come into your life later on, like they've already got a mum, they don't need another one. Mm. You know, or they've already got a dad, they don't need another one. Unless the new spare mum has access to the world's best video games. (laughs) I mean, that must have helped, surely. The hilarious thing about that, so obviously I've worked in games my whole adult life and slightly more. um, So you'd think that'd be really cool. Yeah, you're the cool video games stepmom. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. (laughs) Turns out if a parental figure is into something, it's automatically uncool, no matter what it is. Oh my god! So we now have this. There is a sweet spot. There's like a sweet spot when my stepson was about between five and maybe nine or ten. Yeah. Where he wanted to play games with us, and he would like listen to us about what we thought he might like, and then after that, does not give a shit. Just wants yeah. to play what his friends play, and obviously everything that we like is now automatically untouchable. Yeah. It's like your parents' music. So now we've got this weird situation where like your parents' video games are just not acceptable to play. Like, yeah. It's too embarrassing to even consider <laughs> being a scene near them. So I think this is quite a new problem. Oh man. <laughs> But yeah, I think my kind of generation of parents, like our generation of parents, I guess, is the first one where, you know, a parent might have grown up themselves with games. Yeah. And then they have their own kids and games is something that then becomes part of family life as well. Yeah. Whereas before, like certainly my parents had no no clue about games whatsoever. Mm. You broke them in, both of you. Yes, that's partly why my parents were so baffled by my career choices as a teenager. It yes. seemed like to them like a made-up career. It was like I was still saying I wanted to be a spaceman. I yeah. mean, let's be honest. I speak as someone who's done it for 20 years. It's a fucking stupid job. It is a dumb it's a job. really stupid it's job, mate. It's like you've made a job out of Monopoly, essentially. You like, you and your games, and then you've gone off and talked to other people who like playing Monopoly and... So on and so forth. The, yeah. th- the thing is now that there's actually loads of careers in games. Like, it's yeah. not stupid. And, like, there was no... My careers advisor actually laughed in my face when I said I wanted to work in video games when I was at school. Do you, have you ha- had him killed? <laughs> or do you just, just go over copies. there with, this, with all your money and say, eh, Oh, yeah, that sweet eh, journalism money. That <laughs> I have that. Uh, all yeah, the, the pennies. That's it. The Guardian's just flinging through <laughs> its writers as they walk through the door every day. Oh, yeah, it's like okay. Versace's palace in there. I just, like, yeah. anonymously send my clippings with, like, threats notes <laughs> from magazines yeah. um, but now obviously um, the difficult thing is that I can't so my, my stepson wants to be a pro gamer right like a professional gamer now I can't be hypocritical and say that's a stupid idea mm. that's a dumb career because I know loads of people who have made careers out of similar things in games but then also I'm aware that the chances of being a pro gamer is like being a pro footballer 
Right. Okay, so it's a bit like saying, I want to be a pop star, I'm going to go on X Factor. Precisely. And I, I'm the new Cheryl, it's whatever like, she's called That now. might happen, darling, and I support your dreams, but also maybe backup plans. Maybe, yeah. maybe some plan Bs, maybe some degrees or something, just anything, anything else. Yeah. yeah literacy. Think... Let's start with literacy. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, <laughs> so did you go to uni then? I did. I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I actually did half of a PhD as well. Um, but can she can she just, just be... the P and one leg of the H? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. Nice thoughts. I now nurse this unrealistic fantasy that once my kids are older, I'll go back to the PhD. Wow, definitely will do that and not just mm. sleep for ten years once my children are <laughs> in university. Well, you know, if you ever do achieve that, uh, do come back in the podcast. Although it will be in twenty five years time, uh, <laughs> probably won't exist anymore, and the planet will of course have burnt to a cinder. Anyway, I think that probably you know limited scope for fish finger jokes when your kids are what 30 yeah, well yeah. I don't know we're going to milk it as long as we can ah exactly right yeah as but is go- your right <laughs> but going back to your the, the sort of family thing so do, do you you know you had this experience of parenting uh, a stepson mm. for a few years before you had your first baby did that prepare you or was it was it still a, a no. shock no no <laughs> In summary, not at all. I would say the one big advantage that it did give me was knowing that my partner was a good father, mm. which you can always hope for, but like not many people get to really know definitely yeah. that their partner is going to be a great dad um, before you actually have a baby. Mm. But it didn't prepare me whatsoever for parenthood. Mm. And like, the, although the tough thing about being a step parent is you always have to offer support, but you're not allowed to have an opinion. Ah. So if there's a child rearing quandary or like a behaviour issue or something going on. With I mean, your stepkids. Is it just like a, a light pat on the shoulder going, yes. You just have to sit there yeah. with your sure. partner like, mmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, my husband they... probably knows what that's like. <laughs> Pretty sure I've made similar suggestions to his outlook. <laughs> uh, yeah, like if you have your own ideas for whatever reason about like how a problem should be handled or how parenting, you have no, like you have no say. Right. But you have to be 100% behind whatever's been decided by your partner and, you know, the other parent. Oh. So there's, I would say like, the thing to maybe other people make this work, but my partner very ill-advisedly thought it would be a nice idea to have like a happy families brunch quite early in our relationship. Right. So it was like me and him and then his ex-partner and her boyfriend at the time and the kid. And it was the worst morning of my life. Oh no. It was a disaster. The kid was playing everyone off. He was four. The kid was playing everyone off against everyone else as they do at that age. And like there was like, and, and my partner was sniping at his ex and the new boyfriend and me were just sat there like, I just want to die. Like, oh. <laughs> it was so awkward. But was the food good? <laughs> so what? I don't remember. And that's very unlike me. Oh. But yeah, I'm so sorry. Was, those things happens. are great in theory, but not so great, obviously, in practice. No. So I think you have to navigate that quite carefully because you can't, like, if you disagree with either with your partner or with the other parent of the child about something that's happened, you, you've got to keep your mouth shut. Like, it's, it's actually say, not your business. What if the parents are disagreeing about something? Thing, and you actually agree with like not your partner but you agree in your case the mum if you think them as that that, that is like unstable plutonium <laughs> like, really really bad sit you just have to be like mm. no I, had... I cannot see it from her perspective <laughs> at all exactly yeah. and then obviously you've been you have... really yeah. reasonable about this <laughs> I don't relate this to anything that's ever happened between us in any way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably the 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 almost the nice thing about like when you have 
you know, it's, it's my, my, my toddler, it's my own child. So, like, if I have opinions about the parenting that's going on, I get to express those opinions finally. I get yeah, to yeah. Kind of have a say in what I think should be. Like, you get to kind of gently suggest stuff as a step parent, but you just don't want to be that per- Also, you don't have, it's, you know, you don't have kids. Fundamentally, you don't have kids. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know how it is they're feeling and what is it's going on. You might have experience and you might kind of have yeah. something to offer, but you don't get to make the decisions. I find that really hard. Mm. But I got used to it. very used to it now. So I love that basically in a nutshell, your advice to anyone like step parenting and maybe struggling with it at the moment is keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> just, don't, just don't fucking say anything. Support your partner. Yeah. <laughs> know when your opinions are needed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is never. It's, never. Uh, it's, it's pretty much never. Yeah. Oh, I love it. it. Sounds it like you nailed it, kids. <laughs> Absolutely nailing it. Yeah. I think it is nice to get um, a kind of individual relationship with your stepkid as well. Because mm. a lot of the time, especially if they're little, it's fil- you're basically the person who's around when they're with their dad yeah. or their mum. And you're like, you can't help but see yourself as an intrusion then but when they're very little. Yeah. But then over time, you develop like an independent relationship with them. And then you're, it's not just about you facilitating the relationship between your partner and their kid, which is very much what it feels like in the first few years. Um, but then you have then an independent relationship with the kid as well, and that's when it gets a lot easier, I found. Mm. So that took a little while for for me, partly because I was so young and I wasn't around all the time. All right, good. I feel like have we have we done step parenting chat? Well, I think so. Yeah. And thank you, thank you for sharing that because we don't often have step parents on the on the podcast. And I know there's so many listeners who've written in and said, "Can you have a voice for step parenting?" Yeah. I mean, fifty percent of people get divorced. So they're out there. It's not just us, sad old married people. Yeah, my uh, too lazy and cheap to get a fucking divorce. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my I grew up in a in a step family as well. My so my my dad died when I was a baby, and uh, my mum remarried when I was five. And the um so the the, the uh, my my stepdad had a similar situation. His wife had died when his son was little, so it was quite sweet. They met because me and my now brother. Um, we're in the same nursery class together. Aww. So they met and they were both bereaved parents and they got close and then you know, they fell in love and got married. So we kind of made a family together. Yeah. Um, but, you know, despite the fact that there were no other parents on the scene, which is a big source of conflict in most step-parent situations, despite that, there was just this immense dividing line. Whenever there was a family argument, it was always me and my mum versus my stepdad and my stepbrother. Didn't matter what it was. I remember vividly there was a Eurovision Song Contest year. <laughs> Controversial. Right. I mean, <laughs> always a hotbed for arguments. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but oh. the the argument, we were about nine, and I think uh, A, we didn't agree on who the winner should be, always an issue. Um, but B, my, my brother kind of claimed that I'd stolen his chocolate. And this became like a huge family argument to the extent that my mum and I stormed out of the house. <gasps> I ended up wandering the streets of Edinburgh for about an hour and a half on Eurovision night, oh just having a chat. Like People a thought, probably bitch. thought you were street performers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> come to our show, come to our show. Oh, so yeah, so you're up in it as well, yeah. so you know then, yeah. So, you know, like, I know my dad is my dad, he's raised me, right, since mm. I was five, so he's my dad, but equally, like, I'm aware of the, the dynamics. Yeah. Like, if you have experienced that from both sides, and like you say, it's so common now. When uh, my stepson was little, I used to take him to the park, and uh, <laughs> the other parents would chat to me, and they'd be so confused because they would very clearly think I was the nanny. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or other in other in you know the childminder or whatever, and uh, the you know the dynamic of that is quite hard to navigate. You know you have to you have to sort of figure out where you sit, and you can't really join in with the parents. Mm. But I found like with my having grown up in a step family as well, like you know, you know how to navigate it. Like yeah. you know you all love each other in the end, and it's it's okay. Hmm. 
Yeah, just don't that's... nick each other's chocolate. Maybe, just maybe don't watch Eurovision together. That's the <laughs> secret. Simply, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say, yeah, happy. it's given me a lifelong, a lifelong inability to enjoy Eurovision, which is a crying shame. Oh my god, really? Oh, god, that's terrible. It. I know it's awful. Everyone loves Eurovision. I just can't. I just can't. I can't oh. enjoy it. It's so sad. I feel like oh. such a bloody killjoy. We must break the curse. How can <laughs> I break we the need curse? to bring it back because it's you know Eurovision is imminent as well. Yes. Oh, oh all right. Will we well, win this year? No. No. <laughs> that's not the point. That's not the point. Will we win the World Cup? Of course not. <laughs> Well, just... I'm Scottish, so we're definitely never winning the World Cup. <laughs> All we'll ever have is those two world wars. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, Bucks Fizz. And Bucks Fizz. <laughs> We'll have war and Bucks Fizz. Oh my god, I'd almost live under a Nazi occupation if it meant we'd still have Bucks Fizz. I could almost. There we are. All righty. Right. Well, that was brilliant family chat. Thank you very much, Keza, for sharing all all of that. Yes. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, shall we have some sport. games chat? Because I it is, love games chat, Ellie. I believe I've mentioned this already, Helen, but it is must play May. Uh, <laughs> now, yes, yeah, so look, look, in all seriousness, we're being sponsored. Um, also, it's something that I uh, sort of believe in as well, and I get asked about a lot. I mean, believe in makes it sound like, you know, I think I'm Martin Luther King. That's not really what we're talking about. I'm not talking about a philosophy. <laughs> but, and my thing is, video games are not inherently bad. They're not bad for you. Um, equally, they're not you know, going to make you a genius. They're not, they're not Jesus. No. They're no. not going to save you in any no. way. Like, like, let's be honest, the hand-eye coordination thing, that's bollocks, isn't it? Pretty much. That's pretty much I would bollocks. say, like, I, I have the kind of rare perspective of somebody who both loves and plays video games and has made a career out of them, but also someone who is constantly shouting at my teenager to get the fuck off the stupid PlayStation and come have his dinner. Yeah. Usually yeah. you're one or the other of those things. So I think no, no one would say... Look, you should. It's kids playing video games all day, every day is obviously not a great idea, right? But neither is kids eating ice cream all day or playing, I don't know, fucking tennis. I mean, unless you are actually Andy Murray, which is always <laughs> yeah. possible. Or, you know, sitting in front of 
you know, CBBS or Sky for literally the whole day. Yeah. You do a few hours, especially if you're really tired or hungover. You can let them have a few hours, but you probably That's wouldn't right. want your kid sitting in front of TV all day either. Yeah. But we all grew up with TV, right? So we kind mm. of understand that. But I think the thing that's hard to understand about games for some parents is that they're just um, so much more fun for so much less expenditure Yeah, for kids. Like, they're genuinely just really, really fun. And they're more kind of instant gratification than TV can be. Also talking to your kids as well, I talk a lot with my teen about how dopamine works and how you get this like pleasure chemical in your brain when you play a game that makes you want to play it more and that's your your that's a chemical thing that's happening in your body mm. and just even understanding that once they're old enough obviously can help sort of self-moderate on which games. is the same thing that happens to us as adults with things like Instagram and Facebook totally. right that's the thing so mm. when we when we get a like or whatever it's like that it's like yeah, the rat yeah. pressing the thing to get the pellet we exactly. get the dopamine so really, we're fucking hypocrites is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I find, because uh, I obviously I love games, so I'm looking forward, with, with my teen, it's always been a part of our family life. Like, we've all played games together before. Um, and also, uh, it's nice to play to play games on a Sunday. If you want to play your own thing, mm. your kid can play their thing, and you can actually have, like, a nice, calm Sunday afternoon. Um, with a toddler, it's much more difficult, because they're too little to play with you. I've got, I've got a life hack, though. So my, yeah. my sons are seven and four now. So Charlie and I can play together... So, um, but I've got three controllers. So I give me and Charlie one and we play the game. And then Joe, who's four, we just give him the other controller, which is not charged. Not connected to anything. Not connected to Brilliant. anything. Awesome. And he sits there like, oh, yes, I'm making the man cook the, kick the football. Sure you are. Sure you are, Sonny. <laughs> you scored brilliant. the goal. Well, I, I, so I have two children who are seven and ten and we have an Xbox. Uh, and um, we have recently got into things like the Lego games, yeah. which are kind of like, you know, creative and all that stuff. And I thought, well, they like Lego so they can play that. And they're but, like slapstick comedy as well, right? Yeah, the yeah like the Incredibles funny. one because they like watch the film. But I actually found that they, they play quite well together and they actually help each other, which they wouldn't actually do in real life, mm. which is nice. But also they can beat each other up and not get hurt in real life, <laughs> yes. which is which is very nice. Uh, but it's all in, in the name of strategy and games and things like that. But um, yeah, I haven't really played with them, and that's something that I think you guys are good at because I can't do that very well without you know them just going a a b b triangle whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's yeah. I reached that horrible threshold where my kid got much better than me at video games oh, quite no. recently. Oh no! Yeah. Um, I think Keith Stewart wrote about that recently did, yeah. in the Guardian, going, "Oh, that's I found that with um so FIFA nineteen. My son is a, is a football nuts." And uh, I, I'm, I don't like football games, and I'm absolutely fucking terrible at it. But so he can go on there, and he can smash, he can just absolutely smash it, and obviously feel better about himself, which is good because in real life he's not the world's best footballer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like it gives him. It's a confidence boost. It is. Deli. It gives him a little boost. He can play as Lionel Messi and, and yeah. feel, feel like King King. Dick. I think like there's a lot, so there's a lot of mm. and like something I have you know advised people to do is like try playing whatever your kid is into with them. And just, you don't have to like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember I, I, there was there was a thing on, uh, I think it might have been CNET or something, or uh, CNBC, but there was a, a mother who tried playing Minecraft with her six-year-old son, who was obsessed with it. And even though she's like, there are a million things I'd rather be doing right now than playing this game that I don't really like with my son, mm. but she still got an insight into what he was getting out of it. Yeah. And that was in itself quite valuable and it helped her feel a bit less anxious about what he was doing. And also, if you can if you can start from the beginning, that's good as well. So we sat down and started playing Spider-Man recently, which is also... Because we've obviously got... Everyone's got a basic concept of Spider-Man, what Spider-Man is. 
But me and Charlie have to sit down together with the controller and work out, okay, well, what, what button makes him go... Yeah, and how do you make him swim between the buildings? And so that must be cool, though. You're learning yeah. something together, and yeah, all right, totally. one of you might end up being shitter at it than the other one. But you've you've learned, you've had the experience of learning that. Together. Yeah, I have such really tre- cherished memories of when my stepson was maybe five or six, and uh, I was like, right, there's this new thing called Minecraft. Um, he got really into it with me and I didn't know the game that well either. So mm. we were discovering it together. We kind of figured out that we were on an island and I figured out we needed to build a boat and all this stuff over the course of a few weekends. And I remember the weekend we finally built that boat. He just turned to me with this extreme look of excitement. He's like, oh, I can't wait to see what's at the other end of the sea. And I thought, mm. this is great. I'm yeah. having a really nice, wholesome time. Lasted about two years before he got into shooters. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, those are very cherished memories. And I hope that, because games were so... Like, they, they really enlivened my imagination when I was a kid. Mm. Um, and I didn't really have anyone to share that with. I had my brother. Yeah. But my parents weren't interested. Fair enough. Um, so I'm hoping that if my if my little son turns out to like games as well, we'll be able to share all these really cool things that I loved when I was a kid. And then also he'll he'll bring me into new games that is you know, new for his generation. Mm. In the yeah. same way as I now share David Bowie songs with him. Wow. Well, yeah. Which he loves. Yeah, I mean, David <laughs> Bowie is the same as Lego DC supervillains. <laughs> <laughs> Equal cultural yeah. impact and value. Because your, da- your dad, Ellie's dad, followers yes. on the Instagram will be uh, aware of his work. Oh, someone on Instagram thought we were our sisters and couldn't understand why <laughs> I had an Australian accent and you were. I just thought some but kind your of sister and your dad didn't. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, it just happens a genetic, you know. Yeah. It's a throwback gene. And the fact that he's called Ellie's dad. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, lovely work, follower. Um, but yeah, your dad often, what I really like, because I spend so much time with Ellie and her, and her dad, um, is that he goes, oh, I've, I've got this game, Elle, I've got this game and I've got to go. And they, and you have this lovely kind of connection about it. And oh, should I get this? And But he plays on a, what was it, a PC? Is that right? He's got a PS4 now. Yes. Because yes. he got sick of having to buy a new, oh, you've got to buy a new computer every eight years. <laughs> Yes, like, dad, like a yeah. car. Yes, yeah, like a car or a fucking hairdryer or a kettle or just any machine Things break made in the last fifty years. Yes, dad, shit breaks. Uh, Did you play games with your dad growing up? I had like an Amstrad CPC four six four because I'm very cool um, <laughs> uh, in my bedroom and I was just sort of up in my bedroom so we did a little bit and we played a little bit on his PC but but yeah but now even now we don't really play together what what we really do is um, he plays a game uh, on his PS4 and gets stuck yeah and then uh, rings me up and I have to you know go around there in exchange for him you know putting some shelves up or something or driving us to Norwich yeah and I will go around there and get him past the hard bit with oh my the god that's going to be my kids can I can I ask a numpty parent question um one of the things I and and the the hot topic at school is about what games are appropriate for kids or you know you know there are those games out there that are a bit older for kids that some younger kids are playing yeah how do do we navigate that because I think that's something I'm sure the listeners are gonna oh it's so hard isn't it like Mm. it's so difficult when all your kids' friends or whoever at school is playing X or watching X, and you're yeah. like, I don't think this is right for you. Yeah. And I can't. Obviously, you don't judge other who's parenting, but you know, you know your own kids. I mean, you right? do a bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a smidge. Not out loud. Not out loud. <laughs> Just not out loud, guys. But it is. It's super difficult because obviously, as someone who's very familiar with games, I know. So the, the age ratings are a useful kind of vague guide. 
But yeah. like with films, sometimes something like for instance, any game that includes human on human violence. Mm-hmm. So any game that includes, for instance, Spider Man beating up a bad guy, automatically a twelve. Okay, that is dumb. And I've played that game. That that uh, I'm not saying you should let four year olds play it, but the violence <coughs> in that game is very cartoony. And it's exactly what you'd see in a Spider Man cartoon. Yeah, but a Spider Man cartoon, nobody would slap a twelve on that. Right. You know. Um. So. Sometimes it's difficult because obviously games are interactive and, you know, that, that is different. Um, so so the, the guiding, the, the ratings are useful as a kind of, in the same way as they are for films. Mm. They're a useful starting point, but really it's about figuring out what about the game is doing that. So Grand Theft Auto, for instance, no child should play Grand Theft Auto under any circumstances. Yeah. It's just, it's got lots I'm not of- sure some adults should be playing it, to be <laughs> It's pretty yeah. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it is messed up it's a really so the thing about that game is not about the violence right lots yeah. of games have violence in and you know that's not necessarily a problem in the same ways it's not a problem in an action movie but the thing about Grand Theft Auto is it's a very nihilistic um, yeah. satir- satirical game about the modern America um, and, and the, the, the prominence of violence and you know one-upmanship in modern America right and that's not something you want your 13 year old absorbing no thank you very much no. you know, or your 10 year old you know I mean I've, I've known you know, and I think this is just. I, I met a parent at my uh, stepson's primary school who thought that the age ratings were how difficult it was. Wow! And you know, she was like, "Oh no, he's really good at them. Like he can do, he can do the eighteen ones." And I'm like, "Oh, oh no. no!" And you know, and then you have that moment when you're like, "I need, I want to try and educate you here, but without being a prick." <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how does my face convey this? Yeah, so that's really hard. But yeah, so I, I find the the website Common Sense Media is actually really useful. Um, and then you get to make a decision for yourself. There's like a UK one called Ask About Games as well. Yeah, AskAboutGames.com, yeah. and that's yeah, that's a really good website because that I think it explains things like the age ratings, but also you know parental control and things like that yeah I what, parental parental, what are useful. parental controls <laughs> she asked uh, basically a a <laughs> <laughs> you put a padlock on the Sauvignon Blanc and then you can't drink the whole bottle in a night that's, that's where I'm going uh, wrong lads they, um, can, they can be a real argument stopper because um, most of the cons- they're not perfect right the parental controls you can't let them do the job for you a lot of the time or at least I, I find that that's impossible oh, but yeah. they let you set limits on A what games they're allowed to play and B how long they're allowed to play them for so if you say you can have an hour, it will turn off after an hour. You don't have to do it. You don't have to lag. <gasps> Mind blown! Right, it's, it's, it's actually a sanity saver in a big way. But if but you want to, you can do that. So if you've got a very young child, you can check, set your PS4 or whatever so that it, it will not play a game that is rated 12 or above. It exactly. won't download oh, them, so if it you're, won't play them. If you're outside, say, in the garden drinking rosé with your friend, yes. and it goes, ah, oh, excellent, I will, um, <laughs> I will come in here and download something naughty. They can't do it. So yeah, parental controls are overall very useful. They're a very useful thing. Yeah. One thing that's really important to understand about games for older kids is that they're social spaces. Like, mm. they go play a game to hang out with their friends. You know, I think especially with teens, their access to, like, physical spaces is reduced. Like, teens don't go hang out randomly in the park or at the mall. So, like, trying to understand, like, your kid might not... They might be spending a lot of time on the PlayStation, but that time might actually be them hanging out with their mates. Yeah. Um, they're not sitting there by themselves in this kind of, like, scary, isolated... And they haven't left the house, and they're not... Yes, All yeah. that, yeah. It is, it is socialising. They still do need to have a shower, though, as I'm, <laughs> as I'm having to emphasise. Hygiene rules become super important with teens all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wash. <laughs> For God's sake, wash. <laughs> what What about the old YouTube? Because I'm about to sound like about 400, right? What, about, what about the old YouTube? YouTube? Because like, even as someone who's always been into games since I was a kid and has made a job out of games, I cannot get my head around how many hours kids want to spend watching another child play a game. Like, when you could just play the game. It's so weird. What's going on in the young people's minds, Keza? Uh, it is the children who are wrong. 
find it I find that difficult to navigate as well because that wasn't a thing when I was growing up either. Right. Obviously, yeah. YouTube started like I was an adult by the time YouTube became a thing. So when my stepson was little and he wanted to watch YouTube, loads. And I'm personally, as a parent, much more. I wouldn't say I don't want to say concerned because I don't want to sound hand wavy, but I'm I'm much more conscious of the effects of like social media and YouTube than I am on games. Like ultimately, games like a TV program, someone's made it, someone's approved it, someone's paid a lot of money for it to be made, right? So there's filters there. Mm. On YouTube and on social media, there's none of that. So you get just absolute garbage. Like real I don't know, I don't know what garbage. You, what, what, what exactly are you saying <laughs> on Instagram that people just churn out yeah, on social media? Pause, pause. <laughs> we filter, we filter. We've got quality control, bitch. <laughs> Hours wasted. Yes. Anyway. 98% of the stuff on YouTube Kids is not inappropriate or harmful, but it is inane. You know, it's basically generated by some, you know, farm-style factory that makes weird videos of Elsa just twirling repeatedly <laughs> a 10-hour loop of freaking old McDonald's. And you're well, like, I mean, this is f- you say that, I tell you what, <laughs> give me a Valium and a bottle of Merlot. I could, I could watch that for days. Oh, watch it for days. There she like goes, oh. there she goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've nailed the old video games chat. Thank you very much, games experts Ellie and Keza. You're welcome. Well, you. <laughs> you're welcome, games idiot Helen <laughs> Uh, I have been educated by you both. Yes. Excellent. And no man was part of this conversation. It was only women talking about games. Yes, fresh, I mean, we, yeah. we've woman-splained gaming to you, <laughs> so you're very welcome. Um, now, we always round off with a scummy mummy confession. Uh, have you guys got one? Uh, I had a pretty good poo in the bath situation. <laughs> How was that for you, Kate? It was, it was a classic. <laughs> well, oh. I was at my parents' house, and... Um, that's the worst when it happens at someone else's house, isn't it? Yeah. Like your own house, you know what's up. But my parents' house, and also my parents are in their 70s. They don't need to be dealing with that. So They've got I, their, literally their own shit to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> and each other's probably at this yeah. point. Um, but yeah, my, so I had I was in the bathroom. My partner was out. My parents were in the living room. I was like, okay, how do I deal with this situation by myself without the usual? Like, ah, it's happened. Um, so I had to, whilst holding my wriggling wet son in my arms like go out of the bathroom and go to the the cabinet that had all the like special silver oh. in it for like Christmas and stuff they have like, what, a, like a gravy boat yeah <laughs> and I got my mum's special silver fish slice out <laughs> and I just like cut it into segments <laughs> lifted it gently segment by segment into the toilet and then like just gave it a rinse oh my <laughs> and god thought, Am I going to mention... I'm not going to mention it. I'm just not going to mention it. So I gave it a little bleach with everything and just put put it right back in the cabinet. Wow. Hope my mum doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) No, she won't. Well, in fact, she's here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Why does the fish life smell so bad? Mm, Good for you. Uh, Helen, have you got one for us this week? Uh, Well, I recently, as in two days ago, went to Endgame. The Endgame. Oh, God. The event up the, the end games. games. Yes, yes. The Avengers end games. Avengers. Games. Yes, Avengers uh, Endgame. <laughs> Avengers my end. Uh, yeah, which is three hours long. Game of ends. <laughs> Game of ends, exactly. <laughs> three hours long. Oh, oh my god. Jesus Christ. Anyway, we went along. We'd had we, we we thought we were very prepared. We went and had burgers beforehand, loaded them all up. Uh, but we did load up our children with a lot of liquids and then kind of forgot that they had a lot of liquids. And we went with some friends and we sort of put the kids on one side of the aisle and us on the other so we were just like having our rosés and then at the end when the lights came up one of the children had had just weed from basically top to bottom oh. in their light grey tracksuit 
bottoms oh. and they just they just they just didn't want to leave the film is very good and i understand the reason not to but we did soil one of the seats in the peck and plex and i'm very sorry <laughs> peck and plex i wonder how oh. many cinemas that's occurred in, in the yeah. past. i bet it's a lot i mean you clearly haven't been to the peck and plex <laughs> that will not be the first time that has happened even in that seat <laughs> I, know, you. I know somebody who went to avengers endgame and put their seven-year-old in a nappy like they wow. dug out a nappy they're like look <gasps> you're gonna wear this nappy that's not all he also wore a nappy <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> that is the end man that's the end game that's the end game oh my god especially for the purpose oh wow adult nappies to get through some yeah heroes film do you know what lads just wait till it's on netflix guys (laughs) seriously if it's that if we're in if we're at that level just fucking wait it's like three months or something do you know what i mean you can pause it every 18 minutes exactly oh i think i think as is obvious from this conversation or indeed meeting me for five minutes i'm a massive nerd yeah and yet I just three hours of superheroes is too much for me, man. Apparently now online, if you Google best time to go to the toilet during um, Endgame, there is now websites devoted to it. And it's only been out four minutes, but well, people have search engine optimization at its best. Yeah. <laughs> or as I say, wait three fucking months. <laughs> it's just not that big of a fucking deal. Jesus, like honestly, I know the the world is literally on fire, but people are worried about yeah when to go to the toilet during a three-hour film. I did, I did watch an hour. I managed an hour and a half of uh, zombies versus dragons versus sword. Men. Oh, game of game, game of game of ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I managed an hour and a half of that earlier today yeah. without having to pee, which I'm really quite pleased with. It's, it's most I've achieved in weeks, to be honest. Well yeah. done. Managing an hour and a half of continuous TV. That's it's very good. And I think it's very boring, personally, but there we are. Oh, controversial, Gibson! Zombie dragons fucking grow up. That's what I say. Grow <laughs> Oh, no. Up. So what you should watch instead... Games journalist. Yes. <laughs> what you should watch instead is a thing called Black Sails, apparently. Black Sails is excellent, because there's no dragons, there's no fucking elves, there's it's no got zombies. Pirates. pirates, mate. <laughs> who are actual historical figures. Pirates... <laughs> Fucking and drinking, <laughs> swearing, it's got fucking swords, it's got gay pirates, it's got... Anyway, nerds. Anyway. <laughs> Let's stop Try this. Don't round this up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once again, a game of pirates out now. Four hours long. Where are we happy now? No, we have to say thank you to our sponsor for fuck's sake. Thank you very much, the ERA. That's the ERA. Um, uh, and uh, the Must Play May initiative. It I will be happening throughout May, obviously. I think it's a great idea. So go on, pick yeah. up your controller, press a couple of buttons and, and have some family bonding time with your kids. Oh, yeah. Why yeah. not? And uh, go to askaboutgames.com for, you know, if you want to ask about games, I suppose. I mean, it, it, it's, that's what it's for. It's, it's, it's a very good website name. Uh, thank you very much, Keza McDonald. Most welcome. Yeah, still so excited. Where can people <laughs> Where can people follow you and read your your nerd words? You can find me on Twitter at Kesla McDonalds, and that's M A C M A C McDonalds. Yes, yeah. and one Z. Like Just the, Google it. Like it's the probably farm fine. man, not like the burgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. so tired. <laughs> well done, Ellie. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, all, pretty much all the games stuff on the Guardian culture section comes from from me. Yeah, well. so yeah. Please do check out the Guardians games coverage. It's quite good. Yeah, it's an excellent. Read. Now, just one final question: What have you done with Keith Stewart's body? 
<laughs> I'm not at liberty to live old. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Follow us at Scummy Mummies on the social media. We are tickets for our Edinburgh show are now on sale, Helen Thorne. That is right. We are performing in Edinburgh from the 1st to the 25th of August. And do come along and see us. We're on at 10 to 8 at night in the assembly rooms. And uh, yes, and we're also performing all around the country. We've got a very yeah. exciting autumn tour to announce very soon. Yeah, we're going Cardiff and Leamington Spa, I think, in a couple of weeks. Then That's we've got right. Cornwall, Exeter, Newbury, yes. Cambridge, all the hits. All the hits. Go so see anyway. them live, people, if you haven't. They're really good. Okay, uh, until next time. Bye! Bye! Oh, and thanks, we're coming, we're coming I... to Brighton, uh, but the, the tickets are nearly sold out, so get get yourself organised, Brighton. Yes. Stop eating hummus and get onto the internet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Stop appropriating gay culture. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that out. Um. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.